When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Kia ora, good morning, and welcome to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. It is Friday. One week to go till Christmas, and uh, Izzy, uh, how did mm, mm. you say Man, December is a busy, busy old month for you. You uh, <laughs> had to make sure that the uh, the missus was looked after yesterday for her birthday. How did that go? It was a good day. Yes, big good morning to our awesome listeners that tune in. Every single day, it's been a big old year. We're up to Friday, and we've got one more week before we head into our Christmas break. But yeah, it's a busy time of the year. Uh, great day yesterday, just a nice relaxing day. Well, it wasn't relaxing, really. At 9.30, uh, Mandy, who lives here with us, she's uh, Tilly's godmother, known her for a very long time, very special friend. She organised a morning of yoga. So post the show... Went and attempted some yoga, and it, it's fair to say I'm a tight old thing. Yeah, um, yeah look, you, you put your body into some awkward places. I need to be stretching a whole lot more. Um, it really indicated that I need to dedicate a bit of time to flexibility and less on the summer weights. Uh, yep, so very tight. Uh, started with a nice brunch with a couple of friends. Um, Daisy really enjoyed it. Then we relaxed into the day, picked the kids up, and went out for a lovely dinner last night. So I uh, went out to, to Christchurch City, and the kids loved it. Big Christmas trees everywhere. There's a Christmas uh, window out at Ballantines. That's got a window full of uh, all, all Christmas decorations and everything like that. So just had a big old day, got home, put the kids to bed, and, and I was snoring by about eight, I think. Oh, well done. <laughs> so, well done. It's a big old yeah. day. Big old day. Yeah, big old day. It's, it's that time of the year. Um, there's just plenty going on, and as soon as I get in bed, I'm absolutely snoring and and out for it. But uh, ready to, to rip into a big day. I think she had a special day. We've got a barbecue today. Uh, I invited a couple of her friends over, uh, post this. I'm going to put on a couple of pieces of meat on the, on the charcoal cooker and do a slow barbecue. It's meant to be 27 here today, mm. so it's going to be stinking hot. Yep. Got a few kids and a couple of adults coming over, so we'll just have a nice, quiet uh, afternoon. They'll probably get rowdy, and yeah, I'll probably have to drive them, sober drive them home. Yeah, be good, well, that's, mate. That's <laughs> that, 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 that's it, mate. Make sure you're looking after everybody. The host with the most on uh, on, on this yeah. on this Friday, on oh, the scorcher of a Friday. Yeah, 27 degrees forecast. Absolutely <laughs> massive day in uh, in Christchurch, mate. Well, we've got a massive show coming up as well. Sam Brief. Talking NBA out of Chicago uh, before 7 o'clock. The uh, Black Caps coach Gary Stead on with us just after 7 as well. Great opportunity to get steady before uh, the Black Caps summer of cricket kicks off, is he? Yeah, it's going to be good to have a chat to uh, to Gary Stead. Uh, the, the first ODI taking place on Sunday. They've got a, a really inexperienced squad, a couple of, well, a hell of a lot of players that are going to get their opportunity at the big time. So it'll be good to get his. An inkling of how he approaches this series. We don't want a lost series against Bangladesh at home. So the results are going to be at the top of his mind. Also, how he approaches selections, some reasoning why Kane Williamson and a couple others were left out. 
so there's plenty to ask Gary Stead after 7 o'clock and plenty going on in the NBA, which we're going to t- touch on shortly. And I know it's a, a hot topic at the moment in regards to uh, Draymond Green. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very, much so, mate. very much so. <laughs> yeah. And then after 8 o'clock, David yeah. Ball from the Phoenix. Uh, they've got a bit of work to mm. do to bounce back from that big loss last week, their first loss of the season. Uh, so we'll talk to Bawley after 8 o'clock. We want to hear from you as well. SENZ Roll Call. Text us now. Where are you listening to us? What are you up to? How are you listening to us? Double eight, double three. Uh, let us know where you are. Listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast this morning. Now, we do have a, a Who Am I? It's our third to last Who Am I? Uh, for the $100 Adidas golf voucher up for grabs. What? Sorry? It's our last one. I'm confused. I thought we had two more next week. No? Okay. Good. I'm glad we, the last one? I, I'm glad we worked these things out before we go on here. $100 Adidas Golf <laughs> voucher up for grabs. Get away with Adidas Golf. Visit adidas.co.nz. Get away with golf. T's and C's apply. Here is clue number one. I was born on the east coast of the North Island, but grew up at the top of the south. I was born in the east coast of the North Island, but grew up at the top of the south. Who am I? Double eight, double three. You got it? Straight away. I'm pretty sure I got it. And I haven't Googled it. All right, all right, sweet. All right, there we go. Double eight, double three, if you think you know the answer to that. But let's get into this. Round one, five. Triple threat, the three big questions of the day. First question is, Foxy didn't win chasing the fox. (laughs) That surprised the hell out of me. Did this surprise you, is he? Nah, not really. You got three golfers. I think the, the handicap for the cricketers was eight. You played nine holes, and you get eight shots on, on on eight of the nine holes. So I'm not surprised at all, really. He was up against it, and, and they're not bad golfers. I even had Paulie Moati message me last night when I was snoring at nine o'clock. And he says, mate, those rugby players are, are, are pretty decent golfers. And I said, well, they're not. <laughs> but they must have hit the odd good shot. It's okay when you've got less pressure of having a, you know, a one or three years having to hit in a clutch shot. But mate, up the wires, the wires taking it out. Four under. Is that more of a surprise that the that team Warriors took it out than that Foxy lost it? Yeah, uh, <laughs> I thought the cricket would have taken it out. Yeah, um, definitely. I thought they would have put a bit more pressure on. I know Eric Murray will be absolutely livid. He's a golf tragic. And I think they came second last, Team Legends last. So, uh, Foxy eagled the, the last 18 at, at the Royal Grange. If you've ever played there, it's a, a short par four. You can actually drive it while well, he bombed it and uh, hit the putt. So, he, I think he was two over. And then he shot even. So, look, I think it was he'll be surprised. Uh, I think many out there will be surprised. when you. But when you dig a little bit deeper and understand the format, like, it's made for these these teams to to take it out. When you've got a shot on a hole, you just have to par it. That's a, that's a birdie, and uh, and and it all makes sense. But Wade Egan, I heard he's pretty sharp, and I haven't played with him. Sean Johnson, so they obviously played really well. Uh, what a format! What a day out! And I know there was a big crowd there as well. <laughs> so if you hit a, if you were there, let us know double eight double three because uh, it looks like a hell of a hell of an event that they've put on there, and, and it's starting to gain traction. Only second year running, and, and the big names and big big crowds are starting to follow it. Yeah, looking forward to uh, coming back again next year. A great day out had by all. All right, let's crack on. Round two. John Mitchell, yesterday. Oh, <laughs> I love this. He's the uh, New England rugby coach for the women's team, and he was asked about how committed he was 
to leading England to the 2025 Rugby World Cup. And he said he's absolutely committed. I'm not Eddie Jones. Uh, that was his quip. Former All Black coach says that at a press conference on that stage, particularly England, where Eddie Jones has been. Does that suggest to you that his reputation in world rugby is done, Eddie's, that is? Oh, it's, it's gone. It's out It's out the door, really. Sonny Bill Williams has come pretty, brought a bit of heat over in Australia in regards to Eddie Jones, but he's been a, uh, a, a critic for, for a couple of years now in regards to Eddie Jones, um, talking about respect and, and loyalty. But, oh, look, I think it's a, it's a long way back for Eddie from, from this scenario. When you look at his comments, the way he went a five-year deal that he signed with Australia, left after 10 months, the way he left Australian rugby, and and he's gone over to Japan. Yeah, look, I think there's going to be memes. I think there's going to be throwaway comments for a very, very long time in regards to Eddie Jones. And I, they've, had, they've had a partnership. They've coached together, John Mitchell and Eddie Jones. So there is something behind the doors that is uh, simmer, simmering away, and there's a problem there with Eddie. Um, yeah, I was gonna, there's, a, there's a second question to that question, which is the fact that Eddie has done this, but you know he's he's very much about his reputation and about his you know he's he's an ego, right? Mm. Do you think that the way he's gone out on this is an admission that the Aussie job is too big for him? Uh, he'll never admit it, but I think deep down he he understood it. Uh, it just shows the person that he is. Really, he looks after himself and himself only, and that's all he thinks about. A bit of a selfish person. You think when you're struggling and you are grinding your guts out, like AKA, we're trying to build this radio station up to where we'd love to be, and, and it's a grind, it's tough, you know, the world out there is tough, but you just dig in the trenches. Well, it just shows the kind of person he is when the things get tough. Oh, well, let's just go back to my homeland where people love me, it's a bit of part of my heritage, and uh, people actually respect me, and they'll be afraid of making damning comments and, and and questioning me about my credibility. Because let's be honest, no one in Japan rugby media circles, rugby circles, will ever question Eddie Jones. He is the boss. He is their, he is their leader uh, over in Japan rugby. Whereas in Australia, he was always going to get critiqued. He was always going to get talked about. People are always going to ha- ask the hard questions. This is an easy out for Eddie. Yeah. So no surprises he's gone back there. Yeah, and I think there's a lack of expectation. In Japan, right? Yeah, like you know, they, they don't expect them to do anything, so it, it's it's a cruise, which is way. hard, really, because of where where they were and where they've got to now. They are competitive. They've mm. got one of the premier rugby competitions in the world, and like I said yesterday, this is a step backwards for for Japan rugby. You know, you look at Eddie's credentials. He he's won bugger all. Yes, he won a, a rugby world cup back in the day. He had a, a formidable squad. He's been involved in some teams, but. When you're trying to build a team to be world leaders or, or you know world achievers, and they have come close with Tony Brown and, and um, Jamie Joseph. Oh, Jamie Joseph. Yeah, look, I just don't understand it. I can, I do to an extent because he's got heritage, his family, his mum's growing up there. He's got best mates in the in the union, but step backwards for for rugby Japan. Round three. Draymond Green from the Golden State Warriors has been suspended indefinitely by the NBA following his third ejection of the season for striking. What does it say to you when an organisation hands down a suspension that is that wide open? Oh, I'd say that it doesn't matter who you are, 
for what you are. If you go against um, the rules of the game or you put uh, our game in, in dispute, then uh, they're going to have harsh consequences for sure. Like he, I've read that article and saying that it wasn't intentional. He was yeah. trying to draw a foul. Well, that looked intentional to me, mate. You're swinging around with a closed clenched fist and you're trying to clock him on the head. And it's not the first time. He has done it three times this year. He has done it in, in the past. He's struck his mate, Jordan Poole, in training. He has an aggressive uh, aggression problem. And they have come out and said that he has been suspended indefinitely. Have you saw the, the fines that he's going to incur? Mm, yeah. I think it's a couple of hundred thousand per game that when he misses, or is it for 20 games? Yeah, well, it's it's massive, whichever way it is. It is absolutely huge. I mean, the, and the thing is, it's like, who's he kidding? Like, trying to say, oh, yeah. no, it wasn't intentional. It's, it's like, no, yeah. I mean, it's there for everybody to see. But the thing that really gets me is that an organisation like the NBA, it almost feels like they're not prepared for this, like it's taken them by surprise. They gave him a five-game suspension after his last yeah. ejection, was only, which was only a month ago. Uh, so that for this to then turn up, it's almost like they've gone, shit, what do we do here? They need time. Yeah, they yeah. Look, indefinitely. What does that mean? Yeah, well, exactly. you know, like <laughs> how long is this going? Sam Brief's going to going to talk to us a bit in depth about it. He's on the ground over in, in the United States, so it'd be great to hear from him and and get an understanding. But Draymond Green, you think it's a long way back? This isn't the first time. This is just randomly occurring. This is happening week in week out. He is putting his team under so much pressure. The Golden State are ten and thirteen. They're a, they're a championship winning team. They've been at the top of their game for a very long time. There was talks about Draymond Green being drafted somewhere else, but no, they did everything possible to keep him in the squad. Well, if you, if you, one of your players is doing what he's doing and, and putting stress on on your team, you got to get rid of the form. And at the moment, he's that form. Yeah, it, it causes longevity into into question, particularly mm. with the Warriors. And then who else is going to take a punt on? Because it? reality is, what does he offer? Yes, he's very good on defence. He's very good at rebounding, but he can't shoot. You know, like he can't spread the court. He hustles. He brings a bit of aggression, but his aggression at the moment is costing them absolutely big time. Yeah, I mean, he's that guy that you want to stop the the opposition, Steph Curry. Right, he's the mm. he's he's the spoiler, but uh, you can't yep. do that if you're sitting on the sidelines. Mm, yeah. Sure, uh, plenty going on. Sixty-four for Giannis Otukumbo, and there was they were kicking off post that game too, yeah. <laughs> because I think the, the Pacers gave the the match ball to one of their rookies, and well, he just got a career high sixty-four. I'm sure I pretty much earned it. He was fed up. <laughs> oh no, and not only a career high sixty-four, a record for mm. the Bucks club. For the Bucks awesome. organization, so yeah, um, it's interesting. Actually, I, I put something out about uh, Draymond Green on Twitter yesterday, and had both Casey Frank and Justin Nelson reply to me. Casey Frank mm-hmm. says, "Indefinite sounds like a long time. Ten to twenty games, best guess, based on nothing other than what Ja Morant got." That was from Casey, and then Justin Nelson. That's code for we're still trying to work out what to do with this one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you think no one knows what to do? Ja Morant, he's done. Way worse, yes. <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> um, and what he's been given a season, isn't it? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So that's, yeah. I mean, it, I don't think it'll be that harsh, but it has to be something. He has to go to some sort of counselling, get it sorted. Because 
this is they're gonna they're gonna put the spotlight on Draymond Green every time now. When that's happening, referees and he's come out and say he's trying to milk a, a foul. Yeah. Or well, every time he's up against defenders and he's defending his heart out, and he's trying to they'll be having their mind. Okay, he's trying to milk this. Let's, let's sting him. So he's up against it, man. He's got a long way back. Well, you know, and the other thing that this will do is because the referees will be looking at him harder, right? So if you're in the opposition mm. and he flails an arm or, you know, it gets a bit... There's going to be flops. There's going to be guys who go, yeah. it's Draymond Green, I'll get him ejected. I'll just grab my face and yep. fall over. You know, you're going to see that yep. as well. So so this has got to be at Steve Kerr's mind. You know, how does he approach this? He has put in his team under so much pressure. They've already come out for support of him and said, look, we need him in our squad. But the reality is, he's going to be a thorn out there for them at the moment. Yes, he's a problem. He's a problem. And it's 6.21 here on SENZ. Double eight double three is the temper bedpost text machine. Want to hear from you. It's SENZ roll call time. Where are you? What are you doing? How are you listening to us? Let us know. Double eight double three. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, keeping you healthy this summer. It is 6.27 here on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. 0800 150 811 8833. Uh, it is the SENZ roll call. Where are you? How are you listening to us? What are you up to? Uh, Dave from Caraca has come through. Good morning, team. Off to work in Auckland. Thank you for the year's entertainment. All the best to you and all uh, to your families as well. See you in the new year. That is from Dave in Caraca. It's Dave. And uh, Mark and Torong is uh, texting through as well, is he? <laughs> Yeah, Morena lads, aroha. Roll call, currently in the pool, doing cold treatment after the gym. Jeez, you're hard out. Trying to enjoy my last Friday of peace before school holidays kicking at midday today, and I have to embrace the next nine weeks of chaos. Marky, oh, I feel you, mate. I've got to go to the gym straight after this, and then quickly to the butcher, and I've got to get to school by 11.30, because they finish at 11.30 midday. I'm like, what is this? I'll tell you what. The kids' school, they are very tactical with their holidays. If there's a labour weekend, a long weekend, matarik, whatever it is, they have a teacher's only day on Friday. Yes. So it turns into a four-day weekend, all the opposite. You know, like, it's like, man, that's cheeky. Oh, mate, they, they take... They take the proverbial at times, I think, because you've had that conversation mm. as well. I mean, I'm just saying you off here. My daughter had her year six graduation yesterday, which was a big deal from uh, you know for, for for Rutherford Primary, and um, and that was that was big. So we kind of went, oh, her graduation's Thursday uh, from primary school, so that's she must knock off on Thursday. But no, she's back at school today, and then a half a day on Monday, and then she'll got to pick her up at one o'clock on Monday. Yeah, I don't understand that one. Some I know a lot of schools that going back on Monday for half a day. I'm like, mate, just finish it. Yeah, finish you, it on Friday just call it. and what have it done by. Yeah, and the kids had their awards, their big uh, last assembly on Tuesday night, and I was thinking, why don't they do it just Friday? Jump in there Friday morning, smash out, and then we'll leave after that. That's what I used to do at high school. So, uh, look, it's that time of the year, and. Um, our parents are getting ready to to get into the big season, getting their kids busy, holiday programs, whatever. It's coming up, and mine's here today. Oh, no. <laughs> Yours is about <laughs> to start. Uh, Graham's texted through, double eight, double three, sitting in my truck waiting to take my boy to work in Auckland. Green needs a big rest and counselling. Some very good horses to watch. Uh, Velocious and Vivacious over summer. Ooh, okay, okay. Keep Thanks, those Graham. tips coming through, Graham. We appreciate it. There's uh, Kempe's kicker, Dagger's donation. We got our first leg. Utah Jazz beat the Knicks yesterday, Boom. and I think that was 
the bogey. Well, uh, we that was the coming longest up. shot. Yeah, the long shot. Yeah. Uh, and we got it done. So we're still in for Kempi's kicker, Cam, Barry, Murray, etc., etc. Come on. Yeah, right. What's happened? I, I think I've gone was... down the limb here. Have I stopped it? No, you, no not yet, not yet, man. It was just uh, Robbie was just saying it was Ryan. I might who, have just who... stopped it. <laughs> <laughs> it was... I shouldn't have said it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Say nothing. Say nothing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was Ryan's, uh, Ryan's tip, the basketball one. So Ryan's has come in. So Ryan's getting paid, Beautiful. hopefully. Anyway, uh, keep your texts coming through. Double eight, double three. A reminder, text of the day wins a fragrance pack from Chemist Warehouse as well as the last one we have to give away before Christmas. So if you want one of those, some. text us through. Double eight, double three. Well, have you texted? Double eight, double three. I texted last week. I got nothing. Well, it obviously wasn't good enough text. I haven't got my tickets for the ODIs, <laughs> Robbie. <laughs> Double Jeez, eight, double three. Oh, look at him. Look at him. He's, he's, made, he's, he's, he's looking after the tickets, so you've got to be nice to Robbie. Um, <laughs> Chemist Warehouse is the real house of fragrances this Christmas, and all at unbeatable prices if you want to win that fragrance pack. Double eight, double three. That is our text number. Let us know where you are, what you're doing. It is SENZ Roll Call, 29 away from seven. Here's Johnny Mack with the latest in news for Kubota. Kubota's in-stock catalogue is out now. 27 away from 7 power through till the end of the year with Bunnings Trade. Here is your, uh, here are some sports news headlines for you. Uh, New England Patriots coach Bill Belichick has dodged multiple questions about his job status, repeating the same answer each time. I'm getting ready for Kansas City. Belichick's 3-10 team hosts the Chiefs on Sunday, a game that was moved from ESPN's Monday Night Football because how bad the team are going. You know that the TV execs are pulling some strings when they they can do that. Uh, Speculation about Belichick's future mounted after owner Robert Kraft made his expectations clear. Entering the fourth season since quarterback Tom Brady's departure, the 82-year-old owner said back in March, it's very important to me that we make the playoffs. Well, the, pay, play, the Patriots were officially eliminated from postseason on Sunday. It marked the earliest the franchise had been knocked out since 2000, which was Belichick's first year as a head coach. The Patriots also clinched their third losing season in four years since Brady went to the Buccaneers. Their last playoff win was the 13-3 triumph over the Rams in the Super Bowl in 2019, Izzy. That's pretty crazy to think. <clears throat> You know, when you lose Gronkowski, Edelman, um, Tom Brady, so many quality players, uh, it's just a struggle. You think of the same as happening with the Spurs, isn't it? Mm. They lose um, Manu Ginobili, Tony Parker, Duncan, players, just just Hall of Famers, and they go through a a rebuilding period. Well, it's the same similarities going on. You just gotta gotta dig deep. It's a long way back for for Bill Belichick. Um, He's still got it. He, he lost a lot of respect, eh, with um, Tom Brady, Gronkowski. Mm. You think with that partnership, that it, the relationship was flourishing, but I think it was uh, it was pretty tarnished towards the end of it. Yeah, I think there was there was a certain amount of ego involved, eh? It was. Mm. I, I think yeah. you know there was a bit of that conversation going on about are the Patriots great because Belichick's great, or is mm. Belichick made to look good because he's got Tom Brady? And I, I think it's starting to look like the former. I think the latter. Yeah. I think the latter, and that like, you think of the 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 players he had at his disposal. Was this the reason why he got all those championship rings? Yeah, without the players, the coach, the coaching is important. You got to lay the foundations. You got to set them up to to succeed. But you need the you need the stock at your disposal too. And he hasn't got the stock at the moment. Same as the Spurs and the pop. 
great Greg Popovich struggling. Well, that's the other. Just, he's he's been he's been criticised as well for his movements in the market, his recruitment, mm. Belichick. Um, mm. So the, the they're saying he hasn't got that right. So I mean, times change. I mean, he's been doing that job for twenty four years now. Is he 20, well, nearly mm. twenty four years? Yep. And experience counts for a lot. You look at Wayne Bennett. He's at rebuilding the Dolphins from absolutely nowhere. Last year, they surprised many. People were thinking, what the heck's going on here? <laughs> They're actually winning. They're up the top of the table. But then they they faltered towards the end of the season. Um, but, yeah, there has to be a time when the ownership will have to make those decisions and, and probably move on from, from Bill Belichick. Um, and he'll be pretty proud of his, his career. He's won plenty of titles. Um, but, yeah, time will tell. Rick Dock. Well, uh, Australia dominated day one of the first test against Pakistan and Perth. They finished the day 364 for five with the embattled David Warner leading <laughs> the way to, with his 27th career test century. Warner's 164 dwarfed the rest of the batting card. Opening partner Usman Khawaja, the second highest scorer, was just 41. Mitch Marsh and Alex Carey start day two at the crease on 15 and 14, respectively. I thought you were going to say Mitchell Johnson. Uh, how do you think he's feeling at the moment when he gets 164? You have to say the fairy tale finish in the third test for David Warner is on the cards. 164, he silenced plenty and many out there. Did you see a celebration when he brought up his ton? Nah, what did he do? He kind of looked, I don't know if it was at the com box, but kind of looked up and did the shh. Oh, yes, boy. Yeah. How good. Gave it that. <laughs> Gave it that. He's still a twat, but get oh, on. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. 100% agree with you there. Uh, now, Philadelphia's Joel Embiid poured in 41 points, grabbed 11 rebounds in 31 minutes, leading the 76ers to 129-111 win in Detroit on uh, on Thursday as the Pistons matched the longest losing streak in franchise history. We were talking about how bad the Spurs were. How's this? The Pistons yep. have lost 21 straight, a club record for a single season. They had another 21-game slide spanning the end of the 79-80 season into the beginning of the 80-81 season. <laughs> Sam Brief will be all over this. He will be. We'll be talking to him shortly. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, you mentioned, already set a franchise record for the Bucks with 64 points, leading his team to a 141-26 win over the Pacers. He broke the record of 57 points set by Michael Redd in 2006. He also added just the 14 rebounds. Damian Lillard, 21 with six assists. Bobby Portis come off the bench to score 19. It's not like Indiana weren't at the game either. Tyrese Haleburton, uh, who's originally from Washington, from uh, from Wisconsin, I should say, 22.7 assists. And Miles Turner, 22 points and nine boards as well. So, uh, yeah, it was a big game. It was, it, I think it's almost a little bit uh, Harlem Globetrotter, isn't it? One for the purists. Mm. Yeah, one for the purists. No D. Come on, no D going no on D there. No D in that game. No. There's some big blowout scores, eh? And then you put your you cast your eye over the NBL and you know 78 to 81. You're thinking, yeah. is it? We just got lack of of scoring, or the def- defense is a little bit better. Is there just no defense in the NBA, or they just just class quality players that never miss? I think it's a bit of everything there. Athletes. I, I think mm. it's way more physical here. As well, that's the thing yep. you hear about the Americans that come down that have been playing G League or whatever in the States is they sometimes struggle with the calls that they don't get in the mm. Australian League versus what they would get in, in the US. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, Hungry Jack's NBL, actually. Watch this season live on Sky Sports. Those are your sports news headlines power through your end-of-year jobs with Bunnings Trade. When we come back, we head to Chicago, catch up with Sam Brief on the NBA.
It is a quarter to seven here on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Double eight, double three, the temper bed post text machine. Now we're talking NBA now. Sam Brief joins us out of Chicago. Morning, Sam. How you doing? Hey, good morning, fellas. Always great to chat NBA. I think we're at the quarter mark of the season, so excited to break it down. Yeah, well, we're at the quarter mark of the season. Draymond Green has missed five games of that first quarter. How many is he going to miss for the other three quarters? <laughs> Well, if I'm playing the odds, he's already missed 20% of the season due to suspension. So out of 82 games, I guess we're looking at 2021, right? He's got to be on track for it. (laughs) He will be required to meet certain league and team conditions before he returns to play, the NBA said. What does that mean? I don't think we're ever really going to find out unless the Warriors or Draymond Green divulge that information, but he's probably got to commit to some sort of program by which he, I don't know, changes up his mental game or his process or just sort of settles down. I wouldn't be shocked if they want him to meet with a sports psychologist. I mean, every NBA team has one now, and he probably needs to do a few sessions because, I mean, this is obviously a recurring thing now going on for the better part of a decade. And, I mean, you just can't afford to keep missing games like this. The Warriors have showed so much loyalty to Draymond Green. Is he that um, important for the Warriors because of what's played out? I know they got rid of Jordan Poole and that little uh, relationship breakdown. Did they make the right decision in the end? Are they, are they questioning the decision to keep Draymond now? Um, that that's a really interesting question when you look at it like Draymond Green versus Jordan Poole because that was the decision they made, right? They shipped Jordan Poole yep. off to Washington and they signed Draymond mm. Green to a $100 million contract. I think a few suspensions earlier in the season, it'd be a little too rash to say, oh, we made the wrong decision. Uh, Draymond Green is incredibly important to the identity of this team. When you look at what that mm. backbone of Curry, Thompson, and Green have done, Green is still among the elite defenders in NBA history. He's incredibly important to this team, and him being in and out of the lineup as a result of these suspensions is part of why they're on the outside looking into the playoffs. So I would say it's too soon to say it's a mistake. However, if the trend continues, then absolutely it is. But I I still think Draymond has potential to be an elite player. He's only 33. Yeah, time on his side, he just needs to improve a few things because he's a bit of a liability if you're Steve Kerr at the moment, uh, Sam. I, know, I don't know if, how aware you are of this or the NBA are of this and if this is related in any way, but we've had the Rugby World Cup this year. Uh, at the end of that, two of the uh, leading officials retired from the game because of uh, because of online abuse and death threats they'd got from fans for calls that they made that were... Yeah, arguably not right. Uh, we saw the other week in Turkey uh, a referee punched in the face and knocked to the ground by the club president of one of the teams in the top league. Uh, it feels like this season we've seen more ejections in the NBA. Do you think the NBA are looking at this and trying to protect their officials more at the moment? I, I certainly believe so. I mean, look at what happened to Nikola Jokic the other night, right? About Mm. 10 minutes away from where I am right now here in Chicago. It was Serbian Heritage Night. So you had half the place packed with Serbian fans giddy to see their idol Nikola Jokic. And he got ejected from the game for just sort of blabbing his mouth at the official. I mean, he didn't lift a hand. He didn't do any flagrant foul. Uh, He was just yapping away. So it is clear to me 
that the NBA is trying to crack down. I mean, ever since, you know, if we go back in history uh, to 2003 and the malice in the palace between the Pacers and Pistons, ever since that, the NBA has been looking to change its image and, you know, become a little more straight laced, especially as they expand overseas. So I certainly think that they want to protect the officials, uh, but you can't do it when it jeopardizes your star players. Like that ejection of Jokic the other night was an absolute joke. The NBA is still by far the greatest basketball competition in the world. And don't get me wrong, the, what we're seeing the product on the court is is phenomenal. But there's a lot happening off the court. I don't know if you saw Colby Covington. He's taking on Leon Edwards uh, on the weekend in the UFC. Absolutely blasting LeBron James. What's your take on LeBron James? Is he losing a, bit, a little bit of credibility in the United States? Is he losing credibility? I, I certainly don't think so, uh, especially now that he's 38 years old in his 21st NBA season and still putting up some of the best numbers of his career. LeBron has as much credibility now as ever before. I mean, just look at the numbers, right? It, it yep. speaks um, quite a bit for itself. I mean, this is a 21st year player with 25 points a game, seven and a half boards a game, and seven assists per game. It's crazy. It's crazy what he's doing. And he just led the Lakers to the in-season tournament cup final, whatever weight you want to give that. Maybe a lot, maybe a little. Mm. It's still some feather in it. It was good. And I loved it. I mean, the, he balled out. You know, it was pretty much pass against the future, right? It was LeBron James against Tyrese Halliburton, the old guard against the young buck from Indy, and LeBron delivered. So he's got credibility with me now i guess i can't speak for the rest of america but just taking the pulse of those around me it seems like the respect for lebron is actually at an all-time high right now sam what about uh the nba in terms of balance it's always prided itself in how the draft works and meaning that you know it can be cyclical you you know if your team sucks 10 years later you know they're probably going to be a title challenger or six years later or whatever because the way that works um, are we seeing a bit more of a gap at the moment being created? I'm just looking at, you know, uh, San Antonio being 3-18 and 18 and, and Detroit losing 21 straight. Mm. Can you believe that? I mean, the combination of losing streaks between those two has almost reached 40 games. And the Pistons are just seven away from the longest losing streak in the history of the NBA. Frankly, I just can't wait till those teams actually get together. But, you know, I think if anything, it's just because they're really bad. Uh, frankly, the NBA is looking to do, is looking to tamp down the tanking and look at the Pistons as a great example of a team that may have learned their lesson. You know, last year they fumbled their way through a 17 win season and they didn't even get a sniff at Victor Wembanyama. I mean, they ended up with the fifth pick which just shows what the NBA has done to sort of regulate the lottery to get rid of tanking. So I'm not sure that it's an extremely top-heavy, bottom-heavy league right now. I just think you have two really bad teams. The Spurs haven't figured out how to use Wemby. The Pistons just flat-out stink. And you're seeing only five wins between those two teams. Ah, the Pistons, eh? If only they were good enough to figure out how to tank. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I don't think they can figure out anything right now. I, I would I would hate to be a Pistons fan right now. That is an absolute dumpster fire, what's happening in Detroit. 
And the state of the NBA now is such that, hey, they could go 2-80 and 80 if they want, and they're not guaranteed the number one overall pick. They're not even guaranteed a top three pick. And frankly, I think that's beautiful. That's outstanding. Good stuff, Sam. Hey, listen, man, thanks for your time. I really appreciate it. Go well. Then you've got a busy day ahead of you. Always enjoy talking to NBA thanks, with Sam. you. Hey, thank you guys. Always happy to talk shop. Have a wonderful rest of your morning, all right? Will do, man. Will do. We are seven away from seven here on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Double eight, double three. SENZ roll call. Where are you listening to us? What are you doing? Let us know. Couple of minutes away from seven o'clock. Double eight, double three. The Temper Bedpost text machine. We're doing SENZ roll call. Tell us where you're listening. What you're doing uh, this morning? It is your Friday, and Paul from Harwood has texted through. Morning team, listening via the app through the cashier stereo. Playing golf today in the Farmers Cup Christmas Hamper at Tenutu. A group of thirty odd farmers and rural professionals play once a month. Good times. Good luck, Paulie. Any tips for him uh, there, is he? Nah, no tips, mate. Just just have a couple, relax, and uh, usually it can go two ways. You, you, you can sit in this area when you're drinking and playing golf, where things are going good, you relax, but then there's a, just a little bit of a tipping point, mm. so just don't go over that tipping point, mate, you'll be fine. Yeah, that's right, that's 100% correct. I'm the same at pool. But between three and four beers is prime point. Anything past that, no, no good. Uh, we were talking about schools and things today as well. Ken has texted through saying, my kid must be doing something right. They don't finish till Tuesday at two. So uh, he's got a bit of a reprieve. Does Ken keep your texts coming through? Double eight, double three. I think three. that's picking up rubbish, Ken. Yeah, I think he's got extra for picking up rubbish post-school finishing. <laughs> Uh, we have that Chemist Warehouse fragrance voucher to give away for best text of the day. Here's Johnny Mack with news for Kubota. Kubota's in-stock catalogue is out now. Five past seven on Izzy and Kempe for breakfast morning. I welcome to your Friday, and I, I just, I'm just glad you guys didn't have to see what I just saw. Uh, I've managed to keep my breakfast down though, so that is good. Uh, you enjoyed that song, Izzy? I take it. Oh. See, if you just come out of the 7 o'clock hour with a nice banger, you'll get some energy. Yeah, mate. you get some energy. Plenty of energy. I'm, I'm just happy you put <sighs> your shirt back on. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> mate, cutting some oh. shapes. Cutting some shapes and loving it. Uh, good to see you, mate. Good to see you having a, a good time this morning on Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. Coming up this hour, Gary Stead is going to join us real soon. Uh, we continue to want to hear from you on double eight double three as well. Reminder about that temper bedpost. Uh, text you reckon machine. Smithy will take a shirt off? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's something we definitely don't want to see. And that reminds me, uh, I, I've got a couple of things to get through, but we'll get to that shortly <laughs> okay, as well. Okay. Uh, I was just trying to lead you into it. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> nice. I like it. Uh, it is Tradies Hour with Night and Day. Start your morning with a hell of a coffee from just $4.50. Who am I? Clue two. Adidas Golf Vouch, 100 bucks worth. Up for grabs. Get away with Adidas Golf. Visit adidas.co.nz. Get away with golf. T's and C's apply. I went to Nelson College. No, sorry. I went to college in Nelson where I played rugby union. And that is clue number two for you. All right. Clue number two. And a $100 voucher could be yours from Adidas Golf. Double eight, double three. Meanwhile, you mentioned Ian Smith. He's not here because he's joined the Fox commentary team in Australia for their mm. test series against Pakistan. Uh, Kerry O'Keefe absolutely roasted Smithy yesterday on air. Check this out. One of seven brothers, of course, Shaheen Sharafridi. His other brother, Riaz, was a very formidable bowler, terrific first-class record. You know, when he was young, if Pakistan lost a test match, he didn't eat for two days. What did you do when New Zealand lost Smithy? <laughs> <laughs> That's a seriously early punch. <laughs> 
Here we are, Keith. You wait for 48 hours. That's more than a jab. Oh, my God. Poor old Smithy. Get, absolutely getting roasted in Perth. It is seven past seven. Gary Stead joins us, the uh, Black Caps uh, head coach. And Gary, uh, you will have heard that. Uh, you'll know Smithy. He's 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 not uh, the slowest with yeah, the tongue, mate. That. He's not the slowest with the tongue. You reckon Kerry O'Keefe's in for a serve today or over the next five? Right. Yeah, morning, lads. I think he probably is. I mean, it didn't take him long to, to get that jab and did it, but... Um, <laughs> Look, I mean, Kerry O'Keefe's a great storyteller, so I'm sure there'll be plenty more to come. <laughs> oh, bound to be, mate. Bound to be. Now, steady, a big summer of cricket uh, on our back, uh, on our on our uh, front door, I should say, not back door, uh, uh, coming up and starting this weekend with uh, Bangladesh and a, a pretty young squad uh, trying a few different players out because I guess we've got so much cricket, you, you kind of have to develop that depth. Yeah, it's a, it's a combination of... Um, trying to give players who have been on the road for a, for a long time now a little bit of, a, I guess, a mental refreshness and secondly to grow our depth and, and give some guys some international experience who um, may, may feature for us in the future. So it's a little bit of a combination of both, but Bangladesh have certainly improved in, their, in the way they go about their cricket and we have a very good record against them, but certainly looking forward to the challenge that's ahead starting here in Dunedin on Sunday. Yeah, Gary, thanks for coming on the show, mate. Look, you look at the squad, there's a hell of a lot of players that haven't had any experience or, or very limited experience. You think Adia Shock, um, you got Josh Clarkson, who's played a, a wee bit, you got Willow Rock, the fast quickie for Canterbury. H- how do you approach the conversations uh, when, when you meet up for Sunday's first ODI? Uh, how do you approach it as a coach with uh, young players coming into the squad? Yeah, we, we want them to just be themselves. I mean, they've been selected for a, for a reason that we've liked what we've seen. Mm. So we try and stick them in the similar types of roles that, that they'll be doing um, or they've done in their major association or, or that we look at and think, well, we could develop some international skills in, in that player there as well. So we'll get them in the, in the net today. We just arrived in yesterday to Dunedin, so we'll have a couple of trainings and it, and it gives us the chance to, yeah, just talk to them, learn a little bit about them, make sure they understand the roles that we want them to play as well. On that, Gary, I mean, there's a few players that aren't in the squad that you have t- tried and tested. I know that one of them, uh, I think a lot of people were excited to see, given a chance, a potential successor to Trent Bolt. That is Ben Lister. He did play for Auckland the other day, but he, I see he's listed as uh, as injured. Where are you at on Ben's journey? Because, I mean, having a, a quick lefty who can swing the ball would be handy about now. Yeah, look, Ben's been uh, on the bench for a, for quite a while. He came back in, from England and played the first uh, Plunkett Shield game and got injured. So that was his first game back. Um, I think it was yesterday or the day before. So, I mean, it was just for us a little bit too soon to, to take that international jump, but he's certainly some someone that we are looking at carefully. Kane Williamson's omission from the squad is, was a bit of a surprise given he hasn't played too much cricket over the past year due to injuries he picked up. What was the decision behind that, Steady? Uh, look, he's, he's still um, going through the rehab of his knee and we just felt the break for him. Um, would be opportune to just keep strengthening it. So when you think about uh, the 
ACL um, operation he had and, and some and some tidy up in the knee as well. You're talking about in total somewhere around about a, a full year to, to get completely right. Yeah. So we're still conscious that we don't want to overload him and, and came through the workload in, in Bangladesh as well. And then he got that 100, which was an incredible innings as well. Just felt that it, he was tightening up a little bit. So the right thing for us to get him through the whole summer was to give him a short break now. In terms of what you're looking for in uh, in the series, uh, Steady, I know it, it can be horses for courses. You know, it's, it's probably a different setup to what you would have taken if the series was going to be in Bangladesh. What are you looking for out of the squad? Yeah, well, we're four years away from the next ODI World Cup, so that's the chance for us to reset a little bit and look at the way that we that we do play our cricket, the way we want to keep playing our cricket, and I think keep the good stuff we've been doing, and then challenge ourselves on the on the edges a little bit of how can we how can we keep looking at the game, where might it be in three or four years' time, and and what are the skill sets we need to have, and we've we've selected a couple of uh, younger guys who we haven't seen a lot of just to I guess expose them and and. I guess show that there is a, a picture ahead that we are we are looking we are interested in, in those that are coming through and the skills that they have too. But I mean, ultimately, every game you play, you want to win. You get you go out there with that mindset. Um, this will be no difference for us as well. Ex- experience, steady. Uh, you're losing a hell of a lot when you look at the players that are unavailable: Tim Sally, Daryl Mitchell, Santner, Glenn Phillips, Conway. Uh, Lockie Ferguson, Jimmy Neesham, and you look at the current crop they're going to go through, who's going to carry the workload in terms of, of leadership in this group? Yeah, I mean, we still have a, a, a fair core of, I think, batting experience through there. So you've got the likes of uh, Henry Nichols, Will Young, um, Rajan Ravindra, all, uh, Tom, Latham, Tom, Tom Blundell have all been around the team for a while now. Um, so it's a reasonably experienced batting unit still. I think the the, uh, the bowling looks a little bit thinner, but that's where I think the exciting piece comes. You see guys like Adam Milne, who, who's back and fit and, and raring to go. Um, hopefully he can he can bowl some rockets at the Bangladeshis and um, guys like Willow Rourke coming through. I mean, whilst they're, they're young, they've, mm. they've had a, a few years now on the inter- on the domestic scene, and it's exciting to see the the progress of those guys. So. Yeah, we're, we, we are um, conscious that, that we certainly don't have the same experience that we might normally have, but that's, that's a new challenge for this group and, and look, excited to see how that might go. Russian Ravindra, we know what he was capable to do at the ODI World Cup. Have you been hearing the calls for him to be a part of the Red Bull? Uh, yeah, I hear most things. So. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I mean, it was it was brilliant what he did. We, we're extremely excited uh, for Rach and, and, and the way he goes about his cricket, and he'll get another opportunity here. And um, I mean, it's 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 the selection balance you always face, isn't it? Is is when's the right time, and and where does he fit? So that that's something that that Sam Wells and I will certainly be discussing. When is it? When is it, Steady? When is it? We're hoping it was the last <laughs> test. <laughs> well, we won that test, so what are you worried about? <laughs> Solid comeback, Steady. Solid comeback. Yeah. Bang. Bang. Oh, there, there was a question that I, I did want to ask you regarding that. And, you know, the, you would have, as you said, you, you hear most things. But there were a few question marks over um, a couple of the batting selections, given those players' uh, form or, or, or uh, records in the subcontinent or against spin, guys whose maybe records didn't measure up to what they normally do if they're playing, say, in home conditions. I always wondered, 
we select bowling attacks based on the conditions. Is that something you consider with batsmen? Do you select specialist batsmen for certain conditions? Yeah, I think you, you still look at it, um, but it's probably much easier from the bowling front to see the differences that are required. So usually subcontinent, you go with the spin heavy and, and in New Zealand conditions, you get your pace heavy and it's much easier to, I think, distinguish between those those and what it is from batsmen. But it is certainly something we still look at. The, the hard thing is for a young player coming through, getting them to the subcontinent and playing is, is usually through international cricket. So the experiences they often have aren't that big anyway. Yeah, and uh, the Bangladeshi team that is coming here, they've got a bit more experience back. Lytton Das, who, who missed the series over there uh, with the, the birth of a, uh, one, uh, a child, is back in the fold. But uh, no, Shakib Al-Hassan. I think there are a few of us back here that saw Shakib and Lytton missing from that team and, and thought, oh, well, you know, this is a, a developmental uh, Bangladeshi team, but they certainly gave us a bit of a hurry up. What do you make of uh, the way that they're developing their players? Look, I mean, they, they, it's a, definitely a different, different system to us. They uh, don't put as much money into the development programs. I think on the whole, New Zealand cricket is obligation to not only look after the professional game, but also the community game. And, and that's where I think the differences are um, between a lot of the subcontinent teams who, who a lot of money goes straight into the high performance space. But look, they, they are an experienced side in their own conditions. They are very, very tough to beat. And certainly uh, we, won't, we won't be the first team that goes over to Bangladesh and loses the test match on, on very, very difficult wickets. So, um, but look, I mean, we get back in our own conditions here. We haven't played here for a while now, so we're looking forward to a little bit more bounce and carry in these wickets. Well, conditions was a hot topic and the pitch use for the second test was deemed unsatisfactory by uh, the Cricket Council. Um, on that, how, how much input do you have on, on the homework? Because you see a lot of these wickets played in, in, in international countries. They are more catered to their, their players, their, their playing type. Do you have an input of how you want to see the wicket played out when you're at home? Uh, we, we, we talk with the groundsmen saying, giving them an indication mm. of, of this is what we like. But generally, it's the same. We, we like to have wickets that bounce, that um, yeah. I guess test, test other nations when the ball does bounce because it's what we're probably more used to. And, and I, think, um, I think New Zealand wickets on the whole and the, and the training facilities we get are up there with the very, very best in the world. So uh, we have little to complain about here when, when you consider yep. pitches and, and, and facilities that we have. Tell you what, that, uh, that'll be uh, a nightmare in waiting for the Bangladeshis if they're listening to this when they figure out that we've got a 10-foot tall new bowler called Willow Rourke who's going to be <laughs> steaming in on a green top, mate. Um, how much game do you expect him to get in this series? Oh, yeah, look, I, I, I'm sure we will be looking. There's three games in about a week that that I'm sure we'll, we'll probably get all our bowlers a, a bit of a run through it. So um, I'm expecting probably a couple of games uh, for Will, but it's exciting for him. It's exciting for anyone making their debut, and we just want to make sure he, he slips into the role that he's doing and, and just does what he does for Canterbury because he's proven that he's he's a, yeah someone on the horizon that, that, that could go places. You're a busy man, Steady. The under-19 uh, men's side was named recently for the World Cup in South Africa, and New Zealand 11 side took on Bangladesh yesterday in a warm-up match. Plenty of talent coming through uh, across those sides. Do you keep up with those results and keep a tabs, tab on who's performing and, and think of the future? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, my, my role is more about 
the, the international team, but I think the, the developing players coming through is still important to keep tabs on. And I spent a couple of days at the under-19s just having a having a look there um, and then was glued to the... Uh, to the computer yesterday watching the Bangladesh series as well and just making sure we're over the a couple of new faces that we haven't seen as well, more from their team. Beautiful, Steady. Listen, mate, I really appreciate you coming on this morning ahead of what is going to be a busy old summer for you and the team. Best of luck come Sunday, mate, and thanks, uh, hopefully we talk along again soon. Eh? Have a great Christmas. Yeah, thanks, guys. Merry Christmas to you too. There we go. Gary Stead with us, Black Caps coach. It is 19 past seven. And, yeah, interesting what he had to say about the, the pitches. As you thought it was a good question, actually, to get some insight from the coach. Yeah, it's it's a it's a hot topic at the moment. It was unsatisfactory. You know, demerit points um, are in, in place for Bangladesh. If they get six demerit points, they get a 12-month ban from hosting a game at Dhaka. Uh, they have 12, 14 days to appeal it. And I just, it was deemed unsatisfactory by the ICC Council, David Boone. Yeah, it was just an interesting take. Like, you see it all the time. You know, you go to Australia with the quicks that they had. They were lightning fast, but they also had a bit of dust on them to cater to Shane Warne and their spinners. You know, that's why it's very difficult to travel and, and get these results. So just to, just wanted to know how much input they have. I think there'll be a lot more. Than he gave us, <laughs> really. <laughs> potentially, <laughs> potentially. <laughs> uh, we've got plenty of texts coming through. Double eight, double three. A reminder: we have that chemist warehouse voucher, fra- or fra- voucher, I should say, fragrance pack for uh, the text of the day. Morena, guys, listening on the radio, still in bed, just taking a eighteen leg all top four ten cent multi to return $3,893.63. <laughs> have a great profitable weekend from Barry. <laughs> Oh, Barry, good luck, man. Good luck. My uh, barber took a 10-leg $3 multi, won a grand. Not so bad. It's, it's, it's achievable. It's achievable. <laughs> Maybe we should get him on for Kempi's Kicker next week. Um, <laughs> DJ Tibby has said, uh, uh, to, I'm listening to Ricardo, and as he's a clock winds down towards Chrissy, I'm slaving at the mahi and the grey otatahi. Uh, that is DJ Timmy, mate. Have a great yeah. one, Timmy. And uh, we 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 are back next week because I know Zaid has texted through asking if we are uh, if it's our last show today. No, we are here all next week for you, Zaid. So make sure mm. you keep it locked uh, right here on SENZ at seven twenty one. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse keeping you healthy this summer. It is 7.26, also it is tradies hour. You can start your morning with a hell of a coffee from just $4.50, thanks to night and day, and uh, we've got plenty to get through uh, for today, including a whole bunch of your texts. A reminder that we have a fragrance uh, gift pack from Chemist Warehouse to give away to the text of the day. Get more gift for your dollar this year by shopping the range of big brand fragrances from Chemist Warehouse, whether it's a stocking filler or the main gift, Chemist Warehouse have you covered pop in store or head along online today and uh yeah plenty of texts coming through uh we were doing the roll call earlier and ian texted through said morena boys are listening on the app through my headphones at the freezing works doing my mahi in invercargill listen to ecnz every weekday religiously makes my day go faster cheer from ian I had a week at the Freezing Works in Takapo in yeah. the Waikato, uh, Waipakaro region, Central Hawke's Bay. And I worked in the casings unit, which is uh, obviously the, the intestines, which they use for sausages. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, last, I lasted a week. Yeah. Tough work, and, uh, I'd imagine. 
No, uh, that wasn't tough work. I was uh, I was a young boy and I was lovesick. Oh. I used to live out in Waipakaro and Daisy was in Hastings and yeah, I lasted a week, left and my uh, one of my good mates' dads, he was living because he got me the job. <laughs> 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 oh, the things you do for the wahine. Ah, uh, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, been there, done that. Know what you're talking about. Uh, Zade's texted through, said, Good morning, boys. Looking forward to the UFC this weekend. Leon Edwards, Colby Covington. Can't mm. wait for some good scraps. scraps. And Paddy, the baddie, Pimlet. Looking forward to him knocking out Tony Ferguson. Ian Gary, yeah, he got leukemia. Yeah. So, oh, pneumonia, sorry. Yeah, what's going to say? A bit of a difference. Out, yeah, yeah, sorry about that. He's, uh, he's sick. So he's not a part of that. But Kobe Colbinson, when I spoke to Sam Brief about Leon, LeBron James, he came out and called him a coward and uh, a deserter for his country. I think he sat down during the, the national anthem, and there's a lot of a lot of heat coming for, for Le, LeBron, and that's where that was coming from. But I don't think he heard the the press conference from Kobe Colbinson. It was pretty heated. Yeah, I'm not a fan of Colbinson. I mean, that guy's got his hand on it 24-7. He's one of those, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, he looked like a bit of a twat. But I'll never say it to his face. He'll uh, tap me up. Yeah, mate. He's, he's, good on his, he's good with the fist. i tell you that much for free. Uh, now, it is uh, time to have a look at what is going on this weekend. What is cooking? Empty LPG gas bottle. Vendor on gas.co.nz. And Izzy, the, uh, the breakers are in action tonight away at mm. Cairns. Desperately need a win. It hasn't been going uh, their way at all this season, has it? Nah, it's, it's been a difficult season, particularly after last year. Um, Tom Abercrombie coming back to play his 300th game mm. in the NBA for the Breakers. Uh, they're struggling. Uh, Modi Moore, he's under under a little bit of pressure. You can, you can see it with his, well, his reactions. He's been fined a couple of times. Yeah, look, they're, they're just well off the mark at the moment. Yeah, they are. Um, also, uh, coming up this weekend, you can get into actually today from 2 o'clock, there is a, an ODI in Christchurch. Uh, the White Ferns up against Pakistan. They obviously uh, demolished Pakistan in that first ODI. They'll look to go again 2 o'clock uh, in Christchurch today and then again uh, on Monday at uh, 2 o'clock as well. So a couple of ODIs to wrap that Pakistan series. Pakistan without their captain uh, because she's been concussed. She got hit in the face. Sophie Devine hit a ball straight back at her, hit her in the face. And Diana Baig also has uh, is out for four weeks, so the rest of the series she's had to have surgery. She broke a finger where, uh, in a fielding drill leading up to that first ODI. So uh, Pakistan doing it tough at the moment. And, of course, we just talked to Gary Stead, but the uh, the Black Caps in action on Sunday, their first home uh, match of the summer, ODI in Dunners against uh, Bangladesh. Looking forward to that one. Yeah, got any more tickets, Robbie, or what? You know, have you have you you, you emailed them out and you did what you said you were going to do because you missed one. Um, so yeah, that's going to be good. I'm looking forward to seeing a couple of these young players. Willow Rourke, you know, Craig McMillan come on and said he's seen him in the nets. He bowls with some heat. Playing for Canterbury, really excited to see what he's able to do. Russian Ravindra, we didn't see him in the Test series. See if he can continue on the form from ODI World Cup. Uh, they're up against Bangladesh, and they've got a relatively inexperienced squad, so it'll be interesting to see if they still can compete. And who's going to really step up when you lose so much experience? Yeah, well, that's the thing. It's uh, it, it's going to be make or break for some of these. We've got a, another round of Premier League football. Uh, we've got the test uh, in Perth between Pakistan and Australia as well. More Big Bash, and uh, the World Darts Championship starts tomorrow morning as well. Is you a darts fan? 
I'm a darts fan for sure. I love I love watching them, and uh, I've never been, but I've seen the events on TV, and that's a hell of a party. And I've had a couple here in in New Zealand, and we've had Ben the Big Rig on our show, Big Ben the Big Rig Rob. He's 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 one of our quality uh, darksmen darksmen from from New Zealand. Um, yeah, it's a good watch, very good watch. Yeah, so it'll be no, no, uh, it'll be good. I'm looking forward to that. Looking forward to that. And then the Phoenix, uh, they play Monday against Macarthur in Sydney as well. So plenty to get into. Don't let an empty LPG gas bottle spoil your summer barbecue plans. Vectoronggas.co.nz. That is what is going on around the grounds. We have got a Choices Flooring poll coming your way and sports news headlines after Johnny Mack with news for Kubota. Kubota's in stock catalogue is out now. 25 away from 8 o'clock. It feels like a Friday. I can tell you that much. Uh, this is SENZ, Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. Got a Choices Flooring poll for you. Go to the SEN app, click Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. Underneath is a poll you can vote on, design, visualise and create your perfect floor with room view Choices Flooring. What are you most looking forward to this weekend? Black Caps Bangladesh on Sunday. White Ferns Pakistan today. The Aussie Pakistan series. Breakers Taipans, Manchester United Liverpool, the Phoenix, all the world darts champs. So let us know. Head to the SEN app, click on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Vote on the poll. We'll bring you some uh, results in around that now is time you can discover your signature style and enjoy a virtual design experience with Choices Flooring's room view. Time for some sports news headlines now. And Kennard's Hire makes your job easy. Kennards.co.nz and Izzy. Uh, the New Zealand Rugby Awards last night. Let's uh, celebrate some winners. Uh, New Zealand Rugby Referee of the Year was Ben O'Keefe. The yep. I think that was uh, that was pretty cut and dry. Charles Munro, Rugby Volunteer of the Year, went to Alan Granger from the Waikato. Uh, the Bunnings Warehouse Rugby Club of the Year was Auckland University. Uh, they they picked that up. Uh, the mm. Impact Program um, Award from uh, was won by Stephen Lee for the Community Impact Award. Uh, age Grade mm. Player of the Year, Harry Godfrey out of the Hawks Bay. Uh, good yep. Hawks Bay boy. The Ian Kirkpatrick medal for Heartland Player of the Year went to uh, Siu Kakala from South Canterbury. The Dwayne Monkley medal for NPC Player of the Year went to Etani Nanai Setoro from Counties Manukau. Uh, so there's uh, some some big awards there. The FPC Player of the Year Fiao Famasuli uh, medal has gone to Kristen Cottrell from the Hawks Bay. Another another sad again. Hawks Bay from, all day. From the Hawks Bay, Hawks Bay all day. The national coach there, Neil Barnes from the Naki, beat out Razor yep. and uh, Nigel Walsh. Uh, the ASB Women's Coach of the Year, Rowena Everett from Northland. The ASB New Zealand Coach there, Corey Sweeney from the Black Fern Sevens. The Super Rugby Pacific Player of the Year, Scotty Barrett, Scooter Barrett. You reckon he's a chance of being All Blacks captain this year? Or 2024? He's a, <laughs> he's a, he'd probably be dollar... Dollar ninety one favorite. Dollar I thought you were going to say a dollar nine favorite. Um, I reckon it's mm. I reckon it's pretty tight. <laughs> it's pretty nailed on. Uh, Lucy Jenkins from Matatu picked up the uh, Super Rugby Alpeki Player of the Year. The Tom French Memorial Multi Player of the Year was Aaron Smith, um, mm. and the Richard Cranshaw uh, Crawshaw Memorial All Black Sevens Player of the Year, uh, Akula Rocker Leasoa. And then the Black Ferns Sevens Player of the Year, Stacey Waka, the Black Ferns Player of the Year, Liana Makalei Tu'u, All Blacks Player of the Year, Adi Savia, the National Men's Team of the Year, South Canterbury, the Women's Team of the Year, the Auckland Storm, the New Zealand Team of the Year, the All Black Sevens, which surprised me a wee bit. And then we've already heard Cal Tremaine Memorial Player of the Year, Adi Savia. Beautiful. Yeah, a couple of um, obvious 
um, winners in the end. I, I thought the national women's team, uh, the Cody, Northland Cody, might have gone close. They were poor in the last couple of years, and now they've been uh, promoted to the to the top league. But the Auckland Storm took it out and, and beat Canterbury pretty convincingly. So well done for that New Zealand team. Yeah, All Black Sevens last year had a better year. I thought um, the the women's seven teams, the the Blackburn Sevens, might have potentially. Um, beating them then for that one. New Zealand women's sevens player, Stacey Walker, very, very good player. Georgia Miller must have been really close. She was a little bit riddled with injuries last year. This year, if she's injury-free, she will probably take that out. But the rest is is pretty much uh, on the money. National men's coach, Neil Barnes, did amazing things for Taranaki. Spoke about that yesterday, what he was able to do within the community there in Taranaki, unearthing some some big players from, from that region. Um, really well done. So yeah, pretty pretty obvious uh, winners in the end there. Rick Dog, a very successful night, and some proud people out there in the community. Some more rugby news for you. Ireland head rugby coach Andy Farrell signed a new long term deal that'll take him till after the World Cup in twenty twenty seven. Farrell was recently named the World Rugby Coach of the Year following a twenty twenty three where he won a Grand Slam and helped Ireland rise to number one in the world rankings. Though the campaign at the World Cup ended a disappointment, losing in the quarterfinals to the ABs, he has helped solidify Ireland's reputation as one of the major forces in world rugby since taking over from Joe Schmidt in 2019. It's good, good move, nailing him down, right? The Irish will be yeah. scared that the Poms are going to try and take him. Yeah, no surprises there from, from where they've been to where they are now. Andy Farrell has uh, really galvanised that group. Um, yeah, he's, he's got plenty more he needs to achieve. The next couple of years, but it ain't going to be easy when you lose Johnny Sexton. You know they're looking at some some depth there uh, in, in Ireland to fulfil that role because you know how important he is. But um, well done to Irish rugby, putting them in uh, in line to take them forward to hopefully some some glory. And on another Irish uh, well person that's coached Ireland, Joe Smith, he's been uh, touted to take over the Wallabies. Yeah, which would be an interesting appointment. I, I think he's exactly mm. the type of coach they need. Somebody who's yep. quite analytical and will get the best. Like, you know, he is a guy that uh, the team are greater than the sum of their parts, the way he coaches. Yeah, yeah. 100%. He'll be he'll be great fit for the people that are available. But yeah, a part of me thinks, man, they'll be ruining letting Dave Rennie go. Absolutely, they'll be having nightmares. Phil Wall will be thinking, what have we absolutely done? Hamish McLennan, who cares about him now? He's gone, but Dave Rennie, he's, he's happy as Larry, collecting the yen. Yeah, he's, he's well sorted, <laughs> mate. Well sorted. Uh, actually, it's going to be an interesting Six Nations next year because there's not going to be any Owen Farrell, Anton Dupont or Johnny yep. Sexton. So it's going to be a lot of new faces. We'll find out a bit about where Northern Hemisphere Rugby is tracking uh, next February, March. Uh, how's this, mate? This is, I think, a scary, uh, scary story, particularly if you're a football fan, the amount of money going out of football. Football clubs paid, get this, a record $888.1 million US in agent service fees in 2023 which is an increase of 42.5% on the previous year. That's according to FIFA's annual report. The previous record for 2019, when worldwide spending commissions to agents involved international transfers of players, was $654.7 million. English clubs' biggest spenders by far, 
paying agents out over 280 million. Well, 86% of the worldwide expenditure came from European clubs. Now the Saudis have jumped in, and that's probably what's bumped us up. But they went on a spending spree this year, splashing out around a million dollars US in the transfer window to lure top players to, uh, from Europe. They had the second biggest expenditure on agents, totaling $86 million. That is crazy amounts of money, isn't it? Oh my goodness, that is just phenomenal. If you want a career change, you go and be an agent in football. What are they clipping the ticket at, 10%? I think it varies. And they also, like, so I could be your agent, Izzy, so I'm your Mr. 10%, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then if I do a deal, like, argument's sake, say you're at Manchester United and I do a deal to send you to Real Madrid, and Real yeah. really want to make it happen because you're setting the world on fire, then I say to Real Madrid, I said, well, look, if you really want me to make this happen, I've got other clubs interested, but I can make sure it's he comes to you guaranteed if you slip me 10 mil. That's what's going on. Is there seriously? Surely there's got to be a little bit of policing on this. Well, that's the thing. That's 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 where it's going because um, agents, uh, the agents group, are having big legal fights with FIFA. They lost an appeal in July to block new regulations which would cap transfer commissions and also introduce exams to secure licenses that would then be placed. FIFA said they had. 19,973 licensing applications in 2023. 9,200 took the exam, of which only 32% passed. Wow. Yeah, there has to be a bit of control. There's some sharks, and it's a bit of a concern here for uh, rugby, you know. When when players get agents, the, the agent's clipping the fees, not really doing much work for it, just clipping them and then moving on to the next player. There needs to be a bit of control there. A lot of these agents will be controlling a lot of players too. Yeah, exactly. And have control. So they'll be clipping the ticket twofold, tenfold, twentyfold, whatever. Um, it's open to abuse massively. It definitely needs to be regulated. Yeah. It is crazy amounts of money. Yeah. There you go. There are your sports news headlines. Ken Artire makes your job easy. Talk to someone who has taken the Ken Oath today. When we come back, it is Love Racing. It's 7.49 on Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. Double eight double three is the temper bed post text machine or 0800 150 Night and day's got the right tools to brew up a hell of a coffee from just $4.50. Grab one today. Now, loveracing.nz is your home of thoroughbred racing. And Izzy, you've got a race, Love Racing update for us. Talented three-year-old, three-year-old Tokyo Tycoon will commence his path towards next month's $1.5 million TAB Karaka Millions three-year-old. When he heads to Tarapa on Saturday to contest the Wentwood Grange three-year-old, Tokyo Tycoon began his three-year-old term in brilliant style when winning the listed Al Rocker Sir Colin Meads Trophy at Hastings first up. However, the wheels came off his preparation when he found the heavy nine conditions too taxing at Hawke's Bay venue three weeks later when fifth in the GR2 Hawke's Bay Guineas. The decision was made by trainers Mark Walker and Sam Burgesson to give him uh, to give the Santono, Santono Aladdin gelding a freshen up and they are pleased with the conditions uh, the diminutive gelding has returned in. The heavy track tripped him up. And when he got home, he was pretty tired, Burgesson said. The two trips down there we caught him up with. We thought we had uh, it was a good time to give him a break. We gave him a quick freshen up, and I'm really glad we did. He is the best where he has ever looked. We got a bit of a spring grass into him, and he looks fantastic. While not overly enamoured with his 900-metre uh, trial at Topol last month, 
where he finished fourth. Burgesson said he had a similar shine in his lead up to the Collard Meads Trophy, so he isn't overly concerned. He is hard to get a line on here at home because he has had he's been laid back. I thought he tried okay at Topo, but he's done that before when he won the Hawks Bay. He has got the most condition we have ever had on him. He is obviously not the biggest, but he's pretty electric when he is on song. I'm really looking forward to it. We want to get him to the crack a million at the end of January. Hopefully he runs well on Saturday and we can map a path. Tokyo Taipoon will be met on Saturday with stable mate Quintessa with the Seamus Award filly also fresh up. Quintessa has also won three of her starts to date. So Saturday, take a look at that. Tarapa, two of the stable mates at Tiako will be going toe-to-toe. Quintessa and Tokyo Tycoon. Nice work, is he? Featuring Peking Duck, Sir Dave Dobbin Z and the Black Seeds book now at thegrandtour.nz. We'll get to more of your texts next. We are eight away from eight. At three minutes away from eight, I can tell you there's a T20 match going on between England and the Poms at the moment. Sam Curran's been absolutely pelted. He went for 38 off two overs. Luckily, Rashid Khan has come in and taken two for 14 or four uh, to pull the Windies back. Uh, two overs left in this uh, first innings, 156 for five the Windies, so probably need to go bang uh, from here, Robbie. That's a big game, England versus the Poms. England versus the Poms, yeah, massive, massive. <laughs> the Windies, the Windies. Oh god, what have I done? What have I done? Oh, cut it out, Robbie! Don't get me started <laughs> on you, son. <laughs> <laughs> oh, plenty of tears yeah, coming under, through under the pump. They are, mate. They are. We'll keep you up to date with that. Double eight, double three. This one, we were talking nicknames yesterday, but we got this text in today. He said, I missed the chance to send in uh, re-nicknames yesterday, <laughs> but I used to work with a Scotsman who we would go out for a few beers after work. Everyone would buy a round of beers except the Scotsman who would always dodge buying a round when it was his, his turn, so we called him Whisper. He questioned <laughs> us as to why we called him this, and we said it's because you never bloody shout. <laughs> There's a few whispers out there in, in my uh, in my group of mates too, mate. Oh, that's a good. I'm going to start calling them whisper. <laughs> oh, thanks for that. It's gold. Feeding the backs, feeding the backs. So keep your texts coming through. Double eight, double three. We do have that uh, chemist warehouse fragrance pack for our text of the day. So if you want to be in for that, uh, then do text through. Brad texted through as well. Your mate Izzy. Yeah, Brad has sent through a wee punt about to cut holes at Otago Golf Club. Here's my NBA punts. Gideon Harden, at least 5.55 each at $5.25. Butler and Mitchell combined for 50.10.10 at $5.50. Garland, Brown, DeRozan all get 25 points at 9 bucks. Fox and Leonard. Both get twenty five five and five at twelve dollars. That is from Brad. Oh, jeez, that is uh, hopefully a winner, Brad. I think it's been a while since you've 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 hit up a couple of power plays. A couple of them have just missed. I've been following them, and uh, hopefully this is the time, mate. And I'll send you a photo of my grass. I'll send you boys a photo of my grass too. I'm pretty proud of myself. I've yeah. done a hell of a job. Well, we'll get a grass update. Mm. I'll, I'll make sure I post that up to our uh, our Twitter account as well, so you can go and check out Izzy's <laughs> grass. Make sure you start your morning with a hell of a coffee from just four dollars fifty at your local night and day. Double eight, double three. Keep those texts coming through. In the next hour, David Ball from the Wellington Phoenix will talk uh, with Pip from the TAB as well as plenty of questions and plenty of time for your texts on double eight, double three. Right now, though, here's Johnny with the latest in news for Kubota. Kubota's in-stock catalogue is out now.
Four past eight on SENZ Friday morning as we kick into our last hour here of Izzy and Kempi for breakfast for the week. And I, I think Robbie's officially just relinquished music duties. I don't know what that was. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but there you go. Uh, $100 uh, Adidas golf voucher up for grabs. Get away with Adidas golf. Visit adidas.co.nz. Get away with golf. T's and C's apply. Who am I? We've got three clues for you. I'll go back through them, Izzy. You reckon you reckon you got it pretty pretty quickly, but clue one. Well, I think the whole of New Zealand got it too. <laughs> <laughs> I was born on the east coast of the North Island, but grew up at the top of the south. I went to college in Nelson, but I played rugby union there, which is not what he's famous for. And you'll find out what he is famous for uh, with this last clue. I made my NRL debut in two thousand and five. Who am I? Double eight double three for that hundred dollar Adidas gift voucher. So easy. So easy, but I like how I like what you've done there, uh, Rob. You know, like you make it hard. We hear from no one. You make it easy. Everyone knows. So I, I see what you're doing there. It's good. It's good for the station. Yeah, he's doing well. He's doing well. I can tell you, the Windies have absolutely uh, pumped at the last two overs. They've scored twenty the last two overs with a ball still to go, and they are one seventy six for six. So uh, they've put on something that might be competitive against. The Poms in the second uh, T20. Now, uh, the Wellington Phoenix men's team are in action, but not till Monday when they play MacArthur over in Sydney. And joining us from the Phoenix now is David Ball. Morning, Ballie. How are you doing? Morning. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. We were actually talking earlier today. That, I don't know if you caught it, but uh, Chase the Fox was on. And uh, it was Ryan Fox. They had uh, basically three. Uh, they had teams of three playing Ambrose against Foxy, who was just playing by himself uh, to, to chase the Fox. They had a team rugby. They had a team warriors. They had a team politician. Team Olympians. No team football. Bally, how's your golf? I know. My my golf's not great. Um, I <laughs> I go for the, a bit of the banter and uh, around the lads, but there's some uh, there's some good golfers in the team, so I'm sure that they'd uh, they'd have a go at that themselves. You're a bit disappointed that they didn't have a team football. I didn't take any notice, but it's pretty obvious, mate. They've left you out. What's going on? Especially when the boys are on a heater. Who would be in the Who would be in the football team if you're going to pick pick any of the players? Um, Sam Sutton. He's pretty. He's uh, he's just he's more knowledgeable than good at anything. <laughs> uh, Scott Wotton, uh, Tim Payne, Alex Rufford, that would be the, the, team, the little team together, I think. Yeah, they go, go all right. Nice. go all right. Okay, Paulie. Um, now, you got a, you guys uh, would have had an interesting week, mate. I mean, it's been a, a great start to uh, to the season and a great start to Chiefy's head coaching career. But first loss of the, of the season last weekend. What's this week look like at training? I think we've just had to, like, double down. Double down on uh, the things that was has got us to where we were. Um, I think we went away from that, you know, a small bit in the, in the game against Newcastle. And uh, I think after watching things back and making ourselves accountable for a few things that we've done that we we'd not been doing uh, beforehand, and uh, we've gone back onto the training ground and and worked through those things this week. So we know that it's going to be a. I think it's a. Well, I think it's a great game. To go and play, um, you're going to play the people, that are, the team that's in ahead of you, um, so the timing couldn't be any better. 
Paulie, uh, defence wins championships. Your defence has been pretty sound throughout the start of the season, but you, you dropped three goals uh, up against Newcastle. So what has been the adjustments this week from defensive? Was it just misreads? What was it? Yeah, we we you know we go through the um, we go through the goals. Um, Griff's uh, the new new coach. We went through the goals individual like as a team, you know, for each moment. Um, obviously, there's loads, there's lots of mistakes that lead up to goals, um, and you know things that we've been doing um, quite normally throughout those uh, six games, them five or six games before. Um, mm. You know, we wasn't doing and. Um, it comes an add-on effect uh, further down, further back down the pitch, and and that was that was ultimately what cost us. Um, so all the goals were pretty pretty similar and uh, pretty usable to, to to fix on the on the training pitch. Yeah, obviously uh, Newcastle uh, welcomed back Reno Piscopo for that match. It was his first game of the season starting, and you know you know firsthand what damage he can do as a been a former. Phoenix player, mate. How much of a difference has he made to their side? Do you think? No, definitely. He's, um, he was he was great for us when he was here. Um, he's got that you know that added little spark, and um, he finds little pockets. He he makes things happen. Um, I think uh, Roof's Roof tried to get him into him three or four times, but you know it shows uh, he has got a bit of, <laughs> bit of character to 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 come back. And um, yeah, it was a. Uh, it was a good display from Reno. He would have used all of. New- oh, sorry, as he would have used all of Newcastle's ice in the whole dressing room after <laughs> the way Roofs went through his ankles a few times, mate. Yeah, I reckon. I, I reckon. I reckon. Oh, yeah, I had a little giggle with him at the end of the game, uh, just to, just to tell him he was out for him. <laughs> but Dave, you play uh, Macarthur on Monday. Does having an extra day to wait play uh, to to play make a difference uh, mentally? Are you are you watching everyone else play? Um, no, no, I always watch all the games because I like to watch the games anyway, just to see how people are doing. See, see where you can obviously, if you are playing, you can hurt them or you can um, look at individuals that you're playing against. So um, we'll watch watch the games. But no, I think um, we've just got we've just got to go back to to what, like I said, what got us. Uh, in the position we was, and uh, we went away from that at the weekend. So if we go back to that, then I'm then I'm sure that we can we can go and get the points. So you find out, uh, you know, we've talked before, uh, David, about the, uh, the the amount of youngsters in the squad, and you know, Chiefy's obviously trusted those guys and brought them through rather than bringing lots of uh, offshore recruits into the team. Uh, is it is about now when you start finding about out what they're made of when you go through a bit of this sort of adversity? Yeah, definitely. I think um, football is always um, easy when you when you're winning and things are going well, and um, you know when you when you aren't losing and the, and you have to start to start to win football matches. You've just got to remember to go back to to what got you there, and that's that's been like I said, that's been the message from the older lads and everyone in the group, and you know it's our job to sort of um, take any of that take any of that away from those younger lads and give them the chance to learn and adapt to to get themselves ready for the, for next week and and I'm sure we've got really good level-headed lads the young lads so I'm sure with the environment that we've got at the moment I'm sure that they won't feel any pressure I think they'll be more excited to 
to put put uh, a wrong or right, if, if anything. Oh, the best thing about sport is you get another opportunity, and that comes Monday. Exactly, Clayton yeah. Lewis and Ulysses de Villa in the opposition uh, on Monday. Is this a bit of a carrot to beat guys who left the club? Uh, yeah, definitely not. You know, we, 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 you, you, we've got a good relationship with them too. Uh, they're good lads. Um, but as soon as you step on that pitch, you know, I think the last time I went down early a few times, and the last game we played against him, he wasn't happy. But after the game, you give each other a hug and, and you say well done and, and, and move on. So I think it'll be the same, the same again. So uh, they might get the Reno treatment. <laughs> they might get the Reno treatment. Yeah, indeed. Um, <laughs> yeah, roofs, roofs will be busy sharpening those sprigs. Now the um, yeah, yeah, I think you. <laughs> the. Uh, it's interesting having playing a team like MacArthur. I think. I mean, not that it's uh, you know something you have to worry yourself about too much where you play ballie, but the the fact that they've got Clayton Lewis who can quarterback it, can kind of play that deep playmaker role, and Devere who's very much a ten makes them hard to shut down because they can create from anywhere. Yeah, definitely. Like I like I said, you know, the the two very good players. Uh, I think Clay's having a very good season. Uh, always always looks back to himself and. And uh, back to that real, real sharp self. So they're gonna, you know, they're gonna cause problems, like you said. Um, Clayton's balls from the back, and um, he can open up, open up teams with his passing range. And and then you've got Oli in the pockets that can make things happen. So we've just, we've got to be on our on our A game uh, on Monday. So you know we've been training really hard this week and getting ourselves ready for that. And uh, we've just got to shut out them problems um, at Source, um, and they'll be two of the. The biggest problems, I think, for, for us. Now, Borley, we we talked yesterday uh, about nicknames, uh, whether it be at work or, <laughs> or at sports teams and things. And uh, we we had some absolute doozies come through. We just Bryden actually just sent one through saying we used to have a foreman called uh, we called Foreskin because every time it got hard, he'd disappear. Um, now, <laughs> That's a I know that uh, yeah, yeah. given that we share a surname, you've probably had your fair share. I used to get called Testy. Uh, but uh, what are some of the best nicknames yeah, you've I... seen in football? Oh, there's been there's been some good ones. I get I get ball bag a lot, so you might get that. I get that quite often. That's uh, been a current occurrence. I, I, it was my birthday yesterday, and I got a lot of messages ending with that. Um, so that that was nice. Um, there's been some, there's been some good ones. Uh, I'm talking probably recently. We've we've had a few we've had a few uh, nicknames in the camp. Um, but they're more um, lookalikes more than the actual uh, end of the names. <laughs> so we've got Mr. Mr. Tumnus, Mr. Tumnus for Sam Sutton from uh, Narnia, the hairy fella, the, the hairy little goat, and uh, Mr. Burns for uh, Nico Pennington. So, uh, <laughs> God, there's, a, there's a few ruthless ones going about. Oh, man, that's the best thing about team sport. You just go straight for the appearance and you find oh. out a nickname. I was, I was nicknamed McDonald's, mate, so I had an M <laughs> on the top of my head for a receder, for a receding hairline. So. Oh, I've got to have it. Yeah, we... We was call, we used to call we used to call Josh Laws that. It's an oldie but a goodie, mate. Oh, um, hey, uh, question on on Chiefy's new uh, 
taking of, of the coaching role. You had Ufuk Talei uh, in the past. What is the noticeable yeah. difference from, from coaching styles and the environment? I think um, they, both, uh, they both see football in the same light and the way they want to play the game, um, for sure. Um, I think as, uh, they're different as, uh, as people. Um, but I think that the the two of them, the two of them, like Chief is Chief is obviously the way that he's he's playing the game is different to the way um, the formations and stuff have changed. But not much as they're not far away from each other, but they are they are they are in the, the personality of where they try to manage. Um, I would say Uffy was, um, you know, the he was the information he was giving was was always all, all the time. Um, he was very very structured um, in terms of his information he would give you, and it was uh, it was a lot. Um, whereas Chief is Chief is similar again, but I think he's Chief is more um, I would say in a more laid back um, coaching role. Um, mm. He's more of a, with the squad we've got in the, in the age. He's um, he's sort of um, great for the for the young lads and. Um, Allows them to sort of express themselves. It's, it's hard. It's a hard one to explain. They were, they're both so similar, but actually different characters. They actually got because obviously they've worked together for a long time, um, and I think they've. He's he's taken a lot of the chief. He's taken some things from Uffy, but also moved on and uh, played his his own way. It's a hard question, really. It's hard. It's a hard question to answer because um, I find them both really really great to work with. Um, yep. But they are different in many ways. I can't, yeah. You're still going to get selected, mate. You'll be all right. Two top. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hopefully. <laughs> are, you li- are you listening, Chief? <laughs> oh, mate, you, you do have a short yeah, turnaround yeah. after Monday, though, don't you? Because you've only got then. Then you've got to play the following Saturday, just before Christmas, against West Sydney Wanderers. How do you handle that? As uh, should I say, a senior player who just celebrated a birthday yesterday. Uh, no, you just you just uh, recovery protocols are more important than anything, and um, you just got to look after yourself. Um, when the when 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 I get home, we've got to go get out. I get out in in the sea quite often um, as a little bit of recovery. You just got to double down on the recovery. Um, I was quite used to the the three games a week in England, so um, I started to you know to mentally prepare for four or five games. I mean, four or five days later isn't too bad for me. Just after, like I said, double down on the recovery. Hey, Bully, I know how you feel about the Trans-Tasman uh, rivalry that we have, but now you're going to have a, an island rivalry with an Auckland team coming into the competition, mate. How do you feel about that? I think it's fantastic. I think it can only help in football in New Zealand. I think um, to have a derby I've played in, Derby's back home, and and uh, if you can get that rivalry going, it, it, it can add a bit of uh, a bit a, a, a bit of uh, taste to to New Zealand um, in terms of that that football. I think it, I think it's I think it's great. I think um, you get two you get for us we get two more games in New Zealand, which is fantastic, especially with travel, um, and it it'll be, it'll be great for football. 
I just think uh, for for everyone involved, it it will be great. And if we can make that a big rivalry and get and get some real bums on seats for those games, I think it will go the game. Yeah, 100%, mate. I think uh, it, it, football in New Zealand's in a great place compared to where it was even, say, five, ten years ago. Yeah. Uh, I think you would have you would have been first-hand yeah. seeing that. You, I mean... I, I think since... Uh, yeah, I think since I came five years ago, I've seen a huge difference. Just, just got, you know, driving past parks, seeing kids out there playing football, it's, 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 it's incredible. It's great to see. Do you reckon? Uh, I don't know if you've if you've even thought about it, but do you reckon you'll stay in New Zealand beyond your playing career? Now you've been here for a while. The kids have been here for a while. Yeah, I don't know. It's obviously that's a decision for the for, for the wife. That one, <laughs> I think, if she says yeah, we'll, let's do it, then uh, we'll do it. So, um, but um, no, I've absolutely, I absolutely love it here. Still, still think I've got more years in the legs beyond my contract. So it's something that I want to do. And, carry on playing, I want to get to that, you know, that 38 age where you've done 20 years in the game and and I think that that's achievable, so just got to keep looking after myself and enjoying the enjoying the present and enjoying the, the time I've been here and then and then see, see see what happens as as those years get closer. Yeah, well mate, happy birthday for yesterday. Thanks for giving us some time this morning, mate. Go well hey, and, happy birthday, mate. and and uh, travel safe. Best of luck against MacArthur. Thanks very much, guys. Always enjoy it. Yeah, Thank indeed. You. David Ball there from the Wellington Phoenix with us. Yeah, that kickoff he's on a good Monday night. Yeah. He's, a, he's a top man, David Ball. He's a yeah. top man. Always a good man. She has a birthday with my wife. Oh, well, there you go. Well, you can't day. be much better, can he? Mm. No. Oh, can't be better than that. But he's not can't wrong, be much better. mate. Yeah, yeah. He, he's not wrong in terms of people playing football. Uh, I, I bought football goals yep. for my, my kid, Arlo, yep. and, and Tilly, and we're out there pretty much every day kicking the football around. And I've never played it at all, but such a good game. Like, I've been just doing some little, you know, 180 spins with my legs and then watching my son do it. And his kick is getting better and better every day. It's... It's such a good sport for hand, for you know coordination, uh, being able to work with your, your your feet, you know transitions into rugby really really well. I don't know if he'll play rugby. He loves ripper rugby, um, but if he wants to go down the football line, I'll be more than more than happy. Yeah, well, I think the the thing too is, particularly if you're going to be a playmaker. I mean, I don't know where Arlo would play in rugby, but I mean, if you're a probably if you're a nine, a ten, or a fullback. It's good just being able to see, you know, read play better. I think, mm. and and obviously the the kicking game as well. Yeah, kicking with both feet is pretty crucial. He he's a right footer, but he can kick it a little bit with his left, and and just getting that coordination with your left foot, your your right foot, moving the ball from either feet. It's it's so good, and you can understand the the players that played a little bit of football at a young age. You got Bowden Barrett can kick really well with both feet. He played a lot of AFL, but I'm sure he would have. He would have kicked the ball around as as young. Is it Thomas Luawai's son that just got signed? No, it's not his son. It's his nephew. It's his nephew. nephew. Yeah, Marley. Marley Luawai yeah. been signed to Burnley on a pro deal. That's awesome. Yeah, man, it's fantastic. Yeah, I mean Matthew Ridge played rep football for Auckland at under sixteen level mm. before switching to yep. rugby. So you know, it's it definitely helps. Definitely helps. Mm. It is eight twenty three here on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse keeping you healthy this summer. It is 8.28 here on Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. Uh, text through from Harlem Shine saying, uh, my Mudgeway Wreckers 
softball team had Owen Warford, who was a three-time New Zealand champ, three-time USA champ as well. His nickname was The Fog, because when he pitched, you couldn't <laughs> see it coming until it was too late. <laughs> oh, that's so good. And sh- he said, why doesn't, he's wondering why doesn't softball have any entries into these celebrity events? They are so talented softballers that play all forms of sport. Cheers. From Harlem Shine, uh, The Fog, that's a great nickname. And Unsure, Unsure, Potus Skolf, a uh, couple of guys there. Get in touch. I'm sure they'll be hot um, property at the moment for entries, but I'm sure we can grow that event and get it to a, a big event because there's a lot of people that go and watch it. It was a good turnout, turnout yesterday. Yeah, it definitely brought the names out. I, I thought it was interesting mm. that uh, I watched a bit of Crowd Goes Wild last night and they did the head-to-head interview between ALB and Sean Johnson. ALB mm. talked a big game. Don't know did how he? he played, but he talked a big game. Oh, of course he would. <laughs> and playing with him, horrible. He would have got a hiding. <laughs> uh, get, get more gift for your dollar this year by shopping the range of big brand fragrances from Chemist Warehouse whether it's a stocking filler or the main present uh, Chemist Warehouse have you covered pop and store head online today uh, of course text of the day does get a uh, fragrance package from Chemist Warehouse and uh, Izzy uh, I think you want to announce uh, the winner uh, that we've got uh, for this prize okay okay and we're going to give it to Ian Morena Brothers, listening on the app through my headphones at the Freezing Works through my mahi and invers. I listen to SENZ every weekday religiously makes me day go faster. Cheer. That is from Ian. Well, Ian, I know exactly how you feel working in the Freezing Works, so it's coming your way, mate, to get you smelling fresh while you're dealing with our meat. Well, exactly. I mean, as he says, he knows exactly how you feel, but he lasted a week, so I don't know if he does. But uh... well, it's, it's one of the longest jobs I had as a young kid. The other one was thinning apples at uh, Crasbourne Orchards uh, in Christchurch uh, in Hawke's Bay. That lasted two weeks. And I think my longest job was, uh, other than this, was uh, concreting. I was a placer for concrete, uh, mainly on the wheelbarrow, mm. until I figured out that they had uh, concrete pumps that you could pump over a house. So I said, why don't you get that every single time instead of me wheelbarrowing? <laughs> but hey, they try to keep the young kids keen. And I was also on the rake a lot, uh, barely ever on the screed. But yeah, I know my concrete. I reckon you probably were cheaper than the pump. Oh, really cheap. <laughs> Got paid in cash, though. Uh, oh, Rick Dog, the 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 loving that. <laughs> uh, and our $100 Adidas golf voucher, we've got, uh, this is the last one we're giving away today uh, for Who Am I? $100 Adidas golf voucher. You can get away with Adidas golf. Visit adidas.co.nz. Get away with golf. T's and C's apply. I went to college in Nelson but played rugby union. I was born on the east coast of the North Island but grew up at the top of the south. And I made my NRL debut in 2005. Who is it, Izzy? Simon Mannering. Yes. Simon Mannering, who will go close uh, to being a Hall of Famer for the Warriors. Very, very good player. Uh, Simon Mannering is the, the answer. Given a, a, The Nelson clue gave it away for me um, and then confirmed it with the NRL debut in 2005. So I think pretty much the whole entire uh, SCNZ uh, listenership Got that one right. So who who's, who won it? Who are you picking? Well, uh, I, I got told we're picking Darren. Okay, so Dazza. Dazza, all yours, my friend. You'll get a hundred dollar Adidas golf voucher. Uh, Robbie will get in touch and make sure you get hooked up. Uh, right now, it's time to catch up with Johnny Mac for the latest in news with Kubota. The in stock catalog is out now.
25 away from 9 on SENZ. Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. Design, visualise and create your perfect floor with room view. Here are our choices flooring poll results. What are you most looking forward to this weekend? Landslide, black capped Bangladesh, 60% of the vote. Coming in second, the world dance champs with 20 13% Manchester United, Liverpool, and 7% Wellington Phoenix. So that is your Choices Flooring Poll. Design, uh, discover your signature style and enjoy a virtual design experience with Choices Flooring's Room View. Let's talk some TAB action now. Big weekend of sport ahead of us. Uh, you can check out the Grand Tour Hub at tab.co.nz. Bet safely, R18. Morning, Pip. How you doing? Good morning, Ricardo. I'm good. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. What's uh, cooking the books at the TAB at the moment, mate? We just heard that uh, everybody seems to be pretty amped up about the Black Caps Bangladesh on Sunday. Yeah, they certainly do, and Black Caps are taking most of the money there, certainly head-to-head, as well as the uh, winning team in margin as well. There's quite a lot there in the first innings. And also today, we just had a really big bet come in on the Australian game against Pakistan. It's Pat Cummins and Mitch Stark take two wickets or more. That's $2. We had $1,000 placed on that around 8 o'clock this morning. So our punter are really liking that. And the head-to-head with Australia as well, just really short at $1.19. Yeah, they are, mate. Did many get on David Warner to be top scorer? They did, yes. We've had a $500 bet placed on him. Yeah, he certainly shut up a few critics yesterday, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> okay. He did, mate. He and did. the women as well. We've got um, a boosted odds too in the women's cricket. Susie Bates, top New Zealand run scorer at 450, is boosted, and that's really popular. Beautiful, Pip. Hey, Pip, we're talking nicknames. Do you have a couple of good nicknames for yourself? Have you got any, any, any you could share? I wouldn't say they're good, is he? Everyone calls me Maury usually, or, or Pippi Longstockings, or Peter B. That's about three of them. You can never get rid of the Pippi Longstockings. Oh, that's a goodie. Surely Paulie Moati's got a couple for himself. What does Paulie get called amongst the, the colleagues? Oh, usually what you guys will call him, Party, Moati. <laughs> Anything that wants was his name, really. I reckon you should call him Arvos, with a, with a, with, you know, with the, the initials PM, Arvos, because that's usually when he rocks into work. I would say, yeah, but that's my initials as well. (laughs) (laughs) True story. (laughs) It's part of the hiring policy there at the TRB. We're we're into Tauranga today. Have you got any promotions for Tauranga? And obviously a big day of racing tomorrow, Trentham and Tarapa. Yeah, plenty going on at Tauranga. Look, $25,000 guaranteed late quarter. Can't tell you in race five, Glitzy Glory for Tiako and Opie Boston is really well found. 4.50 into 3.20. And when you have a look at the trial form around it, well, it was beaten by Rayette, who's been a winner at the races, and also with All My Faith, who's been a winner. So strong form around there. And then, as you mentioned, Izzy at Tarapa will have the Grand Tour bonus back there. And in the features... In the Group 2, Cal Izuzu, it's Pearl of Alsace and Campanessa that are by far the best backed in that race. In race number four, the JSOP Sprint, it's Romancing the Moon by a margin. And then in the Waikato Cup, it is Dionysus and Mary Louise who are taking the money. And we do see the three-year-old race, race number two, it's all Tokyo Tycoon there. And then heading down to Trentham, we'll have the usual bonus back on the first four races. And I can tell you, in the Group 3 eulogy, it's all about vivacious. She was at seven dollars. She's been backed into around four eighty, and there was a thousand dollars placed on her at that seven. Big money. We got we got tipped out yesterday. Actually, uh, won in race seven from Waikato. Uh, uh, Warren Kennedy aboard Complicate. He's paying fives and twos. Do you like that? 
Oh, I don't mind that. I don't mind the price. Put <laughs> it that way. I'm going to take that myself. Uh, yeah, it's rock solid there as well. Blue at Sky at night, taking a little bit of money in that race, but complicates definitely the second best bet. Yeah, all right. Yeah, Blue Sky at night was at fives. It's down into four twenties and a dollar eighty now, Pip. Uh, anything else you want to cover off before we let you go? Yeah, don't forget tonight, Alexandra Park. They've got Group One action there. It's the Queen of Hearts a meeting, and there's actually some really nice prices on offer in that Group One. We'll have bonus back affairs too on the first two races. So make sure you check those out and just have a good weekend, guys. That's all yeah. I've got. Yeah, you too, mate. You too. Have a great weekend, Pip. Cheers, Pip. See you guys. See ya. Check out all the odds, promos, and boosted odds at the Grand Tour Hub at tab.co.nz. Bet safely. R18. What's that? PM. PM. You like that? Avo. Avo Moari. So good. Yeah. All right. We might have yeah. to bring that but bring that back on Monday. I saw some footage yesterday that uh, Carl Tiley and Paul Moari were in Masters caddy outfits, pure white overalls, and they were interviewing. Uh, Ryan Fox, so there'd be something potentially like a podcast um, yes. that 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 may be where the work for the chasing the fox comes into it. Comes into it, but basically he was still up at nine nine thirty, so I'm sure he would have been having a couple and playing a bit of golf as well. Yeah, oh man, you can't go, you can't fly all the way up here to a big uh, to two of the best courses in Auckland and not play around if you're Paulie Mawadi. I wouldn't have thought up the waz, eh? Up the waz. Yeah. They got it done. Four under, chasing the fox. Foxy finished on even, and uh, team cricket with three under. So up the waz. The waz took it out. Maybe that's an omen oh. for the year. It's you... our year. Go on then, Dagger. <laughs> Stop him. <laughs> oh, he's just put the handbrake on. He's just put, ripped that handbrake and skidded it sideways. <laughs> and it's nineteen away from nine. Questions up next. I got my elbow on the window, still hand on my face, looking out to the world. A lot of questions. Alright, time for some questions, Israel Dag. Are you ready? Ready. Alright, where will you be spending the day? Forecast is a scorcher. 27 in chit chat today. Well, where's Jim Hickey? Where's Jim? You know where Jim Hickey is? Because I can't see 27 for the life of me. It is cloudy. It is cold. Where's this 27 gone? Well, mate, it's not 9 o'clock yet. You know, it's got time to warm up. <laughs> yeah, so much for a good day. But I'll be spending it at home. Uh, I'm going to the gym straight after this. Go to my workout. Got some few things to get from the uh, from the supermarket. Then I'm going to go pick up the kids. And then I'm coming home and I'm going to put the charcoal barbecue on, smoke up some nice meat and get the kids sorted, take the cover off the pool and hopefully it turns into 27 degrees. Got about, I pretty much should start my own kindergarten here. I've got about 300 kids coming over, (laughs) uh, which will be fun. And uh, if you want to drop your kids off, you're more than welcome. Eh? What's well, another couple when you got 300 here? Yeah, all right. If you so want to drop, yeah, drop your kids off at Dagestan, uh, what's the address? <laughs> <laughs> no chance. <laughs> uh, just looking at the Met Service forecast, it still says 27, but it does say it's going to be cloud around until evening. So it might be one of those humidity kind why, of things. Why can't we just have a, a nice day for once? Like, like what, why? Is that too much to ask? Apparently so. The gods. Apparently Please. So. All right. When, Israel, when did you start Christmas shopping? Well, I haven't. What kind of question <laughs> is that? I didn't never go Christmas shopping. Come on, Ricardo. Uh, look, I'll have a wee look-see next week. 
I'm a last minute man. Yeah. And uh, that's just how I approach things. And I'm pretty sure every bloke out there is pretty similar. And if you're telling me you're not, you're, you're lying straight to me. Straight to me. Uh, so I'll, I'll probably start next week. The reality is the Christmas shopping was done a long time ago. There's three. There's presents under my tree already for these kids. So, um, yeah, I'll basically go, maybe go get, get a couple next week. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Okay, nice. Mr. Thoughtful. All right, Boxing Day sales, here we come. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you're going to do. That's what you got to do. You've got to start it now. You've got to start going, you know, I reckon, you know, because Christmas is just such a stress, why don't we do our Christmas on New Year's Eve with the kids? Mm. And then secretly that means you just hit the Boxing Day sales and get everything cheaper. No, hundred percent. But you know, you're a sad parent if you're doing that, Ricardo. Don't be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mr. Last Minute. Yes. All right. Uh, what are you most looking forward to this weekend? What am I looking forward to this weekend? The ODI Sunday. Mm. Really looking forward to that scene. Uh, this, this new outfit the Black Caps are able to do. Uh, Leon Edwards, after he dismantled Kamara Usman to retain that title, uh, taking on Colby Covington. That'll be an uh, awesome fight. But I'm really looking forward to Saturday's races, Trentham and Tarapa, particularly Tokyo Tycoon taking on Quintessa, uh, the Tiako stable, just having a real day out. So there's plenty of racing happening. I'll be switching on the telly, and hopefully it's sunny and, and just um, really enjoying the big day of racing. All right, then. Who will next season's Super Rugby winners be? Oh, there's a reason why I'm doing this, and you know me, I'm the stopper. Yeah. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna tip out the Chiefs. <laughs> I'm gonna tip out the Chiefs. Okay, I'm gonna tip the Chiefs out to to go one better and win this competition. And and in all honesty, I, I think the Crusaders, they got a new coach. Uh, hearing good things about Rob Penny, but they've they've lost some 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 talent, particularly in the ten area. Mm. They got Lee Halfpenny here. It'll be interesting to see how they use. Lee, uh, Fergus Burt's out injured. Taha Kimara is going to be playing a lot at 10. Rivers Rehana. Uh, when you lose a player that could arguably be the greatest super player, rugby player of all time, uh, Richie Mwanga, and how influential he was for the Crusaders, I, I just think it's going to be a lot harder than than people are probably saying. And that's from a Crusaders uh, supporter. So I'm picking the Chiefs. So you're going to stop the Chiefs for us so the Blues can win it. Brilliant. Love it. Okay, good. Um, why do people park right next to you when, there's an empty, when it's an empty car park? Well, here's my reasoning. Yeah. Why not make it easy for burglars and car um, guys that, that want to go and break into cars when you've got two cars side by side? side, by side. They've got to make a decision there. Which car should I take? So I'm saying if you park it amongst the bunch, You've got a, a, a better chance than being isolated in the corner. Okay. So I think it's a bur- burglary reason, okay. uh, break-ins. All right, all right. Oh, that's a, that actually <laughs> made some sense, which is more and, than I was hoping for. And the reason is, the reason you squeeze into a car park and you can't even barely open your door and you low-key tap the car next to you and you apologise and you're hoping there's no scratch is because you're saving effort. You don't want to walk a million miles to go to the go to the front door. And there's, there's the, the real close. reason right there. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, mate, last question. How are you filling your pockets this weekend? Well, I'm not. That's just basically it. I've got a multi. I've got a punt. And I'm probably pretty sure many of you out there have come and followed us in because we've spoken a bit of punting this week. Um, I've put it on, and I'm going to stop it. So I won't be filling my pockets, and if you follow me, unlucky. 
Uh, I'm going to have a wee go on Saturday All right. at Tarapa. Okay, yeah. cool. I mean, the the, the the thing is, this time of year, mate, particularly when you've had a a, 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 a birthday and, a, and an anniversary and Christmas around the corner, that no matter how full your pockets are going to get, they'll be empty in a week anyway. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll read you mine. Okay. I'll read you mine. All right. Okay, I've gone. I, I had a look at Glitzy Glory today, but I'm going to take that out. I put one in yesterday because I, our listeners sent them through. I've got Chika Mahito for a top four. Dollar ninety move to strike to win. Can he rock top three? That is returning six dollars fifty. That yeah. is probably my punt that I'm going to have a dab all that. There you go. That is questions for you. We are seven away from nine. Daniel McCarty up next. It's a couple of minutes away from nine o'clock here on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Dagger's Dagger's already gone. He's bailed. He's gone to the gym early. Uh, so it's me and Mr. McCarty through till nine before he takes over. Daniel, good morning. Good morning to you. Mate, uh, what? Big weekend, mate. Big weekend, mate. Huge weekend. Are you okay? Are you okay? The looming disaster that's, uh, that's pending? Don't talk to me about it. You... I'm trying to pretend Monday it's morning. not happening. Yeah. I can't wait to rejoin you at about five to nine on Monday morning. I might be leaving early on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had a look I had a look the other day. Um, that game we had against Bayern, we're, I mean, we didn't play badly, but just didn't create enough. But, I mean, they didn't really fire a shot either. But we had 10 players missing for that. And then Mer- Maguire and Shaw both went off injured as well. So I think we got as many as 13 out for this game. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no. No, any other game but this one. But yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, it's not pretty. Not looking pretty, Daniel. Uh, what what do you got coming up on the show today? Yeah, I'll bust through this. We've got Katie Martin joining us. We've got live international cricket later this afternoon. Of course, it is the second one international between New Zealand and Pakistan. So the former longtime White Fern and now TV commentator will join us to uh, run a ride over that series. Uh, really interesting story about uh, netball New Zealand and uh, you know what's going on with Sky. I wonder if there's any similarities to what has just happened in Australia. Mm. Uh, Brittany Carter, um, respected netball journalist and reporter and presenter in Australia, walk us through um, the, the protracted, at times heated, sort of uh, new collective bargaining agreement, uh, which has come to an end. How, how um, you know, much did they rough the waters and how ugly is it? Uh, the only lessons we can learn over here. Uh, she'll join us after 11, Rick Dog. All right, have a great show, Daniel. Have a great weekend. Here's Johnny Mack with news for Kubota.